Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and Caladius Grav Tanks to that 6++ Show. I am your host, Tom. And I am back once again to chat all things Warhammer 40,000 on this wonderful podcast in which we natter away about our 40k experiences, tips and tricks on how to play the game, event reports, etc. And I'm joined, as always, by some of my very good friends from the 6++ team. Um, and so we will be introducing them, doing a bit of a hobby roundup and a plus roundup, and then diving into an event report where Lewis is going to take take point as the interviewer and cover our experiences at our first GT in the area of 10th edition um, and see how we got on. So who's with us tonight? First and foremost in our hearts, as always, it is my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am wonderful. Thank you, Thomas. How are you? I'm very good. Yes, I'm very good. I played Kill Team yesterday. Ooh. I have built my blooded warband for Kill Team. They're the little traitor guardsmen. They've got a traitor Ogryn. And I had a game against my good friend Adam's Croot, which I was doing okay in until a Croot with a big ass flamer killed like four of my guys in one go. And I, and I was like, oh, I'm now dead. And, and, I, and I narrowly lost. Adam's very good at kill team and he's, he was very patient teaching me because it takes a little while to get. But it's a really fun game. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, what is new in your life? What have you been up to this week? Um, well, I today some post arrived and it is a Vanguard box, Ooh. which is full Ooh. of Wraithguard. And oh, is it now? Is, Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Um, I bought that literally the day before um, the nerf happened, so that was nice. <laughs> um, Unfortunate. Unfortunate. And obviously, WTC lists have just come out, and um, Wraithguard are in pretty much every single list, so that's they quite are. interesting. Um, that people are still taking with that in 10 red cards. So after Leeds this weekend, I'll probably think about them because the next event I've got is beginning of September, the um, Cambridge, um, the EA1, courtesy okay. of Mr Lewis and co. So um, I'll be kind of thinking about whether I want to um, take the race guard and race night to that or something else in terms of the Elder um, before they probably get slammed with um, some nurse before the LGT. But we'll see. Fantastic. Wraithguard will be my next painting project after five more Shadow Spectres, which I'm painting. Yes, good to have those. Yeah, Wraithguard are amazing. Um, and that box is really cool. I actually remember when that came out. And it's it's very, very cool. So you have fun with that. And hopefully mm. maybe, maybe Wraithors will be good at some point as well. That's, uh, the, that's the goal. We've got to wait like a year or two till the Codex. But uh, at some point, now hopefully um, I'll be good. Fantastic. Great. Okay. Well, also with me tonight is the one and only Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? Yeah, very good, thank you. Excellent. What is new in your life, Aaron? You done anything hobby-wise lately? Yes, I've uh, painted two and a half thousand points of custodes in eight days. Yes, you have. <laughs> you certainly have. You did that very quickly. Um, do you want to tell, tell people the, the secret of your rapid painting success? How did you manage it? Uh, so, yeah, just obviously black uh, undercoat, then done several different gradients of uh, greys and under-highlight, and mm. then done all the metallics and the upgrades and all the sort of uh, features and then just uh, used uh, some contrast black paint to go back over and get a bit of a highlight on it. Great. And then some blue for the cloaks and then a small bit of varnish to sort of bring up a bit of a glossy sheen onto the armor as well. Hmm. But very, very productive. It was mm -hmm. productive. It was a, a real push, but you got them done in time. 
It looks awesome. They, they do. It's so striking. And uh, I love custodies when they're not gold. I don't like gold. It's not subtle gold. It's a bit in your face. Um, and you've got some Balthazar gold on there, don't you? Which is my favourite metal colour. Uh, that or is... is it a different one? No, that's uh, Ross Scorpion. Oh, interesting. With, uh, okay. Purple shade over the top. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That's very nice. Very, very nice. Excellent. Well, also here tonight is the one and only Lewis. How are you doing, Lewis? Hello, hello, hello. I'm good, thank you. Uh, Excellent. My week has been filled with berating fellow 6++ players for not submitting their army lists on time. For Shame. Shame. Naughty. We were just waiting Shame. to see what the pool... I was waiting to see what the uh, the armies were before I selected mine to counter everyone's. <laughs> it's the Votan meta at the Saffron. Yeah, side. exactly that. I looked at it, I was like, Votan will soar through that crowd. Bunch of, bunch yep. of lightweights, so... Um, no, thank you for your patience as always with our, it is, it's, a, it's quite an early list submission, which is actually very nice because it just gets it done. But I think we were caught out by that. Yeah, um, I do it the Sunday, not the Sunday before the event, the Sunday before that. So it's like 12 days yeah. early mm-hmm. from it because I like to try and do the, I'm going to try and release the pairings on this Sunday. So people get the pairings oh, on weekends. So fantastic. Have a, have a good four or five days to have a look at who they've got first. Um, which is always good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the plan, really. No, that's um, and good. I guess we've also been um, sorting out stuff for the uh, EA uh, East Anglian Slam Major, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is happening 2nd and 3rd of September. We still have some tickets left in Central. Cambridge, lovely mm-hmm. city, if anyone wants to come along. Um, do uh, do check us out on that. We've got a few players going to that, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. Should, be, contingent. should be very fun. We got Obviously, we've got some 6 plus pluses at Saffron Slam as well. I'm super excited for that. I've got a lot of dwarves to paint. Not quite as many as, as Aaron had custodies, but I've still got some, some dwarves need doing over the next week and a bit, so I'm going to start that tomorrow. Um, I really can't wait. It's it, I've had a look at your new mission pack, and all the boards look beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. That's good. Yeah, Very it's going to be interesting. Get some get some good feedback on what people think of the terrain. Yes. Um, with because obviously Games Workshop's new rules tenth edition are it's lots of ruins and things like that. So mm. lots of buildings. They've got yeah. lots of rules for buildings. They don't really have rules for like rocks or power stations or things like that. So and obviously all the keywords are gone. So whereas previously I would just assign keywords to all these different terrain pieces, I've kind of had to go off piste a little bit and come up with some terrain rules for each of them. Um, it's it's I'm used basically using the ninth edition rules they had and, and kind of rewording them for tenth edition. But um, mm. yeah, I'll be interested to see what people think. Um, yeah, very much so. Yeah, should be good. Wonderful, and we'll we'll say some hellos to people in the chat. So we've got VT Kobe says evening gents. Some guy called Aaron Wilson's chatting nonsense. Um, Shiruni's talking about silver custodies. I agree. I think silver's a very nice look on them. I, I just like when they're a bit like, if you go a bit rusty or bloodied, or I think when you weather them up, it's actually quite nice. I know that's sort of the opposite yeah. of their their vibe, but I enjoy it. Um, Gail Morris is in the chat. Hello, Gail Morris. Good to see you. Um, and Olive Nordwell says, evening. Really wonderful to have so many people here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, and please, please do continue nattering away in the chat there. Obviously, we'll be doing some questions at the end. If you have any questions you want answered urgently during the show, you can use the super chat function as well. Obviously, that all goes to paying Chris's many, many admin fees as he tries to keep this ship afloat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep keep the machine turning. Um, so that's always very much appreciated as well. Thank you as ever for your support. Hello, Existence UK. Hello, Jack. Um, Jack, who I believe might be building a predator because we were texting earlier on. Uh, (laughs) because chaos space marines aren't shooty enough they need more guns 
Um, hello, Alex, as well. Oh, loads of people piping up. That's wonderful. Great to have you all here. Right. Okay. Um, we've got a little plus roundup now, and then we'll hand over to Lewis. So, Chris, what's new in the world of 6++ community content? Well, um, so we put out um, a couple of videos yesterday. Mm -hmm. So we have got Davey with Bugwatch. He um, he talks He's about... He's back. Oh, yeah. Episode, episode two, he kind of talks about the, um, the two and the list that have done well in recent times. And he also does a little little tip thing about using battle line troops um, mm. with their like fire and fade and kind of the gargoyles and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And he's done a nice little pretty diagram for it, etc. So um, check that out. Um, and then we've also got our very own Jack slash Galmaris, who's done um, a, who's taken over the expanded empire mm -hmm. um, series from Aaron, and he is uh, he's done an episode called. Making the most of mediocrity. Um, <laughs> oh, it sounds like one I need to watch. Let's do it. In which he talks about um, kind of the issues Tau are currently facing, mm -hmm. um, what the good parts of Tau are, and how to kind of make the most of them. He also gives some quite controversial opinions if you're a Tau player. Oh, so interesting. If you are a Tau player, definitely check it out and then put in the comments about why Jack is wrong. Or, <laughs> or maybe right. I mean, we, we love being told when we're wrong. It's really yeah, it's good. We do favorite, need to be held accountable. So please do. Favorite part of the internet, right? So um, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, Jack's, you know, he's gone, done two. RTTs and gone three and zero at both, so he does have some idea. He certainly does know how to play Tau, absolutely. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and then I guess I would just shout out the fact that obviously you, some of you guys who are watching it live, you're on YouTube. Some of you who are listening to this back in the past are um, listening to our podcast. Um, but we are obviously a YouTube channel. We have a Discord. We have an Instagram page. We have a Facebook page. Um, we put things up on our YouTube community site. So um, just check out all of those things. The links up, we've got a link tree, which is always in the description of any kind of video we do. So it's easy enough to find all of our content. Instagram is for like the work or the, or the painting that we've been doing. Facebook is where we post loads of updates about how we're doing at events and when we've released videos. Um, the community page we used to post um, uh, like polls and um, various updates and that sort of thing. So, and then the Discord got over 130 people, and it's pretty busy, I'd say. It's getting really chatty, isn't it? There was, it's getting really noisy, which is lovely to see. That we had a bunch of people who were commenting because a load of people have been to events this weekend, and actually a lot of people had done really well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was sort of like it was just like everyone was just trying to begin with like, top ten, top yeah. ten, top ten. Tons of people absolutely smashing it. So that was really no, really nice to see. Because um, obviously we all know tents been a bit mental, so it was nice that we can still get out there and do well and, and have a good time doing it. So I think that was really reassuring to see. Got lots of beautiful work in progress photos in there, and we're starting to build little subsections where different factions can find people can find their mates and, and chat ideas with GSC Tyranids. We've got sections in there, and if, if anyone um, listening or a fans of the show wants to have a new section made for a particular faction, please just pipe up, and I'll try and make sure you've got a little place in the Discord that you can find fellow spirits and um and sort of natter away about your faction Absolutely. brilliant um lee church was entered the chat as well hello lee good to good to hear from you um there's a lot of chat about building chaos models we've started something here it's all it's all going off talking predators talking bloodthirsters all sorts of wonderful stuff i hope you're all building and having fun um great okay i think with that done we can hand over to Lewis because Lewis has a task and it's not an easy task. 
we recently have started trying to get this show done in about an hour 20 minutes that has been our that has been our recent goal and we've managed it for two episodes in a row um so lewis if 15 minutes is gone you now have to have chris myself and aaron talk about an event's worth of games <laughs> at gt in the remaining time oh oh no you you, you can do shout outs for for peter as well when I, i'll hand over to you uh, Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna break our streak. I fear um, unless, I, unless, I, unless I get the whip out and just be like ten seconds to describe each game. Wonderful, um, bring it on. <laughs> so yes, what I can one, do one. I can one. do one of the games in ten seconds. <laughs> Stop rubbing it in. <laughs> so I think this time last week, or just after this time last week, a certain new podcast, an upstart podcast, shall we say, made a comment about six plus plus they we as an organization were described as perennial three tours oh. which oh. i took personal offense at oh, it's so going accurate. four and one with my imperial fist <laughs> nice machine, and i think that fired us up it fired the group up it and did. we decided last weekend that we were no longer going to be bang average <laughs> we decided to be a team that actually goes to events and performs well um, <laughs> we've also in that same time gone from a team where people like to play against us to people that hate us so we're now going to be the, the, <laughs> the most hated on the internet no it's not you're all absolute gents um but yeah, no we'll, so we'll try and maintain that yeah <laughs> if, you, if you if you do follow us on the socials, you will have seen that we did do rather well this weekend. Um, and uh, I have three of our top players here on the call today to go through one of the events that we went to. So basically two events that went to, two GTs that 6++ people went to do last weekend. We had the Peterborough Slam run by uh, by our very own Paul Bridge. I say very own, Sons of War in Cambridge near Your me. Paul Bridge. Um, it's a, uh, a great little competitive event, um, mm -hmm. I think. So, uh, 40 odd players. So, good little one to go to. Um, we, Franco and Jack, went to that one, um, I believe. And Paul. And Paul, Paul, as well. and Paul went to that one. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's not striking um, from the record. That's not striking. No, he just plays a boring army. So I know, <laughs> I know. But that's not, that's not his, it is his fault, actually. He's had, a lot, he's had plenty of time to do something else. So, yeah, no, let's, let's lay it on him. No, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, Jack wasn't very well, so he didn't he didn't finish the weekend. So we won't, we won't okay. mention much more of that. But both Franco and Paul, four and one. Very strong. Distinctly above back average. Yeah, um, absolutely. Our first podium of the weekend, Franco coming second with his demons. Oh, wonderful. What a very, very good. Yeah, very, very, very good. Well. Yeah, with demons in this meta, in this weather. Indeed. Yeah, that's super now, good. And Paul was also, I believe, the best in faction. He kept six, I think, didn't he? Best in faction Space Marines was sixth yeah. place. So yes. that's you know really I know I know that will mean a lot to to Paul because he loves the, you know he is a he is a genuine Space Marine diehard so that's that's yeah. a really a really Probably lovely award. a lovely award for him to be a victor I can't wait to get best Votan at Saffron. <laughs> <laughs> only Votan at Saffron. <laughs> <laughs> but no so I uh, know I, I do have a best in fact of Imperial Knights trophy somewhere and I was the only <laughs> Imperial Knights player so um, I, I cherish that trophy to this day <laughs> um, but. When I say that we actually over the weekend had four podiums and there's three people on this call, that might suggest how our second event, Fiction of Power, <laughs> went this weekend. Yeah. 
gives you some idea. Incredible performances, I would say, gentlemen. Very well done. First, second, and third. Um, mm. I won't reveal who came first. Oh, yeah, came yeah, don't. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I don't actually know who came first, <laughs> second, and third, because I think I worked it out before this call, but actually, uh, I can't remember. So uh, you can tell us <laughs> at the end. We're going to keep the suspense right until the end. It's, so a, it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good story told well, so we don't want to give it away yet. Indeed. Yes, we have some 6++ drama as well, so more <laughs> usurping going on. Um, but yeah, before we go through the games, and this is coming from me as a TO, I think it's really important that we chat about some of these events that we go to and actually what the event's about, what it was like, the venue, all that sort of stuff. Um, so hopefully you'll indulge me on this, boys. Um, because this this event, uh, Conviction of Power, was run by the gentleman at Tabletop Republic. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and in in a couple of words, Tom, what did you think of the venue? It's it's a new venue that they moved to, and I, it's it's spacious, it's lovely, it's got other hobbying going on and around it. There was D and D being played. There was a game of I think old old Warhammer Fantasy being played on the second oh, day, um, and good little cafe vibe in there as well. All the staff are on hand, very friendly, very helpful, whilst also doing other stuff as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good. Can't recommend it enough. You have lots of room, lots of lots of nice seating, and lots of great tables. So yeah, really good venue. Brilliant, excellent. Thank you, Tom. Chris, you drive a car. What was parking like? <laughs> um, so you have to park at a car park, which is about a five minute walk away from the venue, and it costs about ten pounds for the day. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. That's London prices, but it's not too bad. Yeah. I think when I drove us on the Sunday, I think it was cheaper because it was Sunday. So I got oh, away with it. I got, <laughs> got away with it there. You won the lottery there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaron, you're a man who I know has on occasion taken a shit. What are the toilets like? <laughs> yeah, fine too. And a couple of individual toilets and that. And if you wanted to go further afield, if they were busy, there was enough places around there as well. So, yeah, it's very good. But at what? Is in the floor? Or... <laughs> well, to be honest, that could have happened, but um... <laughs> we are in High Wycombe. <laughs> but uh, no, you've got like uh, you've got the toilets in the shopping centre. You've got uh, a couple of restaurants and like McDonald's and that around there. So if you're really desperate, there's more than just the ones on site, which is always quite handy. Excellent. Yeah. Good. All, all coming up, Trump so far, mm-hmm. apart from the shit on the floor. But we'll gloss <laughs> over that. Now, something that's really important to me as a TO, and if anyone actually read them, I'm sure it would be important to the players as well, but event packs and advanced planning. How do we get on with that, Chris? Um, yeah, so there was a pack, which I read. Um, and you read it? it? I did. Don't lie to me. You're lying to me. No, I read it. I read it too. No one reads them. I have to now because Scrambler Fields is a thing, so I need to read and see if it's at the event. Um, but basically it was you running the um, ATC uh, missions and uh, terrain layout and terrain so that was all on there as well as you know like the round timings and may I shout out 10.30 start on Sunday morning oh what a dream Uh, I mean it did mean I got home at half eight but considering most people who go to this event are quite local um, so actually they're going to get home at a normal, reason, perfectly reasonable time. A 10.30 start on the morning, on the Sunday morning, was quite tasty. Mm, yeah, Excellent. completely. That was nice. It was nice to have a little lion on Sunday and be fully refreshed going into the second day. Fully refreshed. Did we do some drinking on Saturday night, Thomas? We did. Do, we did do a bit, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get halfway through <laughs> the games because it was... I was being, they, sat, they tried to sabotage me, Lewis. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing about that. So yeah. what, what I think the best thing we're going to do, given that it's going to be quite tense before the end and we want to build up some suspense, we'll go through <laughs> all of the game ones, all of the game twos, all of the game threes, instead of just doing one of you. Yeah. We, we do need to keep this brief. So I don't want to hear about all of the individual dice rolls. I don't want to hear how much of a tactical genius you are, Chris, because we know you're lying and you're just being us. So it's easy. Um, <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> so we'll have to keep it brief. So game one, Tom, I'm going to ask you to go first. Game one. Yeah. So I had a oh, very... Lists, yes. Oh, yeah. Lists. I, didn't put, I put lists on my list and I didn't even talk about it. That's all right. Don't worry about it. So my, my list was very bog standard. Gene to see the Colts. I had 10 aberrants forward deploying with a biophagus. I had 60 neophytes in 320s with Primus and whatnot for rerolls and Nexus for free, cheaper strat use. Um, I had a couple of reductive saboteurs to skulk around and set bombs off for people or try. And I had a ridge runner to help get AP and and, to, and take cover off stuff with its mortar. That was the core of the list. A couple of acolyte, 10 mans to do demo charge nonsense, come in and blow stuff up as well. And then the, the bit that I was experimenting with was I had a couple of manticores with, for kind of backfield artillery. So these kind Ooh, of sat, anchored the backfield, took up space, screened the backfield, and also had very nice sort of anti-infantry shooting to pick up multi-wound infantry and or bully stuff that was hiding i couldn't reach with my main guns so i've been trying them in different games and i'm not still not sure whether i like them or not but it was just a bit different and something to try um i have had a manticore since i ran it in a crusade in ninth edition so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll try it um and it was it was decent yeah yeah definitely so you're not content with gene stealer cult jank you're just going to add some indirect firing as well just to really wind everyone up i think that was it it was like <laughs> gsc are already phenomenally obnoxious how do i make it more obnoxious? Make it worse? <laughs> like re-rolling hits with damage three rockets feels like a way to do that and i i think i achieved that yeah Boy. aaron how did you get on what did you take uh, I took the custodes uh, as i said earlier so i took um two blade champs a shield captain uh, a brick of 10 custodian guard, two bricks of five, um, a unit of two Alarus custodians, two Caladius uh, uh, grav tanks, Caladus uh, assassin, and then two exaction squads. Hmm. So yeah. nice and uh, to the point, but uh, enough stuff to get out there and uh, try and hurt people with a, a few little units to try and bounce around and do the missions. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. And then Chris, you were basically cheating. What did you take? I took the elder. I like that I got off with it, and Chris like GS GSC aren't exactly not cheating at the moment. They take some effort. Yeah, you actually have to play a game. This is this is this is outrageous. So elder in a situation at the moment where if you take any half of their index, then basically you you can build any list and it's strong. And there's this unit which I don't know if you've heard of. It's called a race knight. <laughs> and it was really good for a while, um, and then it got nerfed a bit. And I wanted to see whether it was really powerful on UK TC boards. It doesn't fit my style of playing. I much prefer to take like 18, 20 units MSU. Be like, oh, you've got this big death blob that's killed an 80 point unit. Oh well, mm. um, that's more the style I've always liked. Um, but I decided to try this out, and so I kind of had. The Wraith Knight and I had the Inclan, those are the two pieces. I had nearly 800 points in two models, which again, I don't like, but I went to see how it went. And then I had a lot of mission scoring stuff. So I had a unit of Shadow Spectres, unit of Rangers, two units of Warp Spiders, um, and then just Bright Lances, so War Walkers, Hornets, 
and that sort of thing. So that was kind of the list. You don't get, you know, once you put that Wraith Knight in the incarnate, you don't get as much as that. These MSU. Woe is you. Um, <laughs> what are we ever going to do? Um, and actually, as you play and you do, you have a turn where you lose like three models and you're like, oh, shit, at, or three units, you're like, oh, shit, at, quite a lot. And that does happen in one of the games. Um, but generally, um, yeah, that was kind of like the list. The idea being that the sh- uh, the Wraith Knight would be the center, which would you know as tom would say control the area around it yeah. uh, make overwatch had the fastest skyrunner rather than the fastest on foot faster on foot gives you minus one to wing i decided to be more aggressive and have the fastest fastest skyrunner because that gives you guide so that means your wraith knight is overwatching and re-rolling um which i yeah. felt would be really powerful especially yeah. if you know obviously tom's going there gsc i suspected at some point if either of us were going to try and do well at this event we'd probably run into each other and actually, that's an extra eight shots on the Wraith Cannon mm-hmm. um, when you shoot into the 20-man block that drops down. Um, it's an extra four shots into a Custody 10-man brick, which I might play Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. So you just had to think about like, these sorts of things. Um, and it was the right it's, call. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I, yes. think it, I think it's a really nice bit of tech for, for using the Wraith Knight in that sort of controlling defensive kind of way. And you can obviously take him with um, Guardians to protect, or sorry, it would be like Wind Riders to protect him, but I just gave her or him the Phoenix Gem so that when they die, they get a um, get back up on the trip. That was my my way of solving that problem of Desolation Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Or Manticore. Excellent. <laughs> Or manticores. Or manticores. <laughs> so, we have taken Custodes, GSC, and Eldar. Yeah. So, we're not fucking around here, are we? We're not let's, making any Let's friends. be honest, no. boys. All three of you I came, came it's fair, fair to say expectations we, to do well. We were targeting <laughs> it quite, quite quite aggressively, targeting it, absolutely. It was definitely one where we weren't, weren't leaving anything on the pitch, for sure. No, definitely. And there's no bad thing in doing that, because I'm sure you were all no. absolute gents. Apart from when you played each other, um, which we'll come on to. Um, so. I did try and assassinate Tom. So yeah, he did. Aaron, Aaron, actually, well, we'll get to it. Actually, let's not give it away. But Aaron does actually try to kill me in the middle of our game. Um, anyway. <laughs> like. a bit of a blood feud. Yeah. So let's let's go into game one then, shall we? So so Tom. Yeah. Who so did game GSC have to face game one. I'd had a look at the players who were going to this event, and the name that stuck out to me, no disrespect to either Chris or Aaron, is was Sam Smith because I've played Sam Smith before, and he's an excellent CSM player. He finished taking time out of his singing career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd finished um, top chaos space marines in ninth edition. Um, that was announced last week when Zach did the awards. So he's a wonderful chaos space marines player, and we'd played once before. Um, where he'd rolled over my GSC with it with a Black Legion build he was running at the time, so I knew he was a very excellent technical player, um, and I got him round one, which is always always nice, nice tough draw. He kind of felt the same way, which is fair enough. Um, and given the state that GSC were in, uh, I think that was very reasonable. Um, in terms of the mission, it was a uh, long ways. What do you call that these days? Dawn of War. Hammer and oak. Yeah, it's Dawn of War. Yeah, so the the long the long board edges you're on those. Um, yeah. Dawn of War three objectives in the middle um, and it's the one where you can potentially raise burn an objective to get some extra points um, spoilers neither Sam or I had any time to do that because we were too busy killing the absolute <laughs> shit out of each other so no one got anywhere near that um, Sam had a very cool CSM list he had Abaddon running with uh, Legionnaires rather than Terminators his rationale being it's just a delivery mechanism for Abaddon I don't need to spend the points on Terminators Abaddon's already giving these marines a four up in run and effectively once if you think about it if it's being shot bunch of two wound guys with four up in one 
it's not that much of a difference and you're saving a lot of points to put into other places. He had a lot of shooting. He had triple Forge Fiend. He had two squads of Obliterators. He, and then he had a big blob of Accursed Cultists as well and some little Possessed squads to run the flanks. And I think in this matchup, first turn is enormous um, because I think Sam wants to play very aggressively. He wants to run at me and smash me. Um, I want to play very aggressively. I want to take him out and control where he can go. Um, and in this game, I got a first turn, which meant I was able to get things into into motion quicker. Um, the Manticores bombed all the Possessed, which was lovely, because I hate Possessed. They're very scary. <laughs> they they hurt me. And I was like, he, Sam likes to use those as like trading pieces on the flank. So I was like, if I kill those, he has to put valuable stuff there instead. So I've, I've, I've been them off with Manticores nice and early. Um, and then essentially Sam came forwards and started holding the middle where he was going to spring from. But that meant I was then able to have my drop turn before he got to my lines, which is what would have happened had he gone first. Um, Drop turn was very big. We put big holes in a lot of different stuff, killed a lot of his utility. Um, I was able to use the come in three away strat to nick his backfield objective, which was massive. Oh, you naughty boy. Oh, well, if you let me do it, I will do it. And he had had stickied them with Chaos Cultists. And I think actually had I not managed to drop in there, that again would have been big because it's good primary there. Um, and it meant because I, I killed the cultists, meant he couldn't then re-sticky it. So he was he was he was having to commit resources to go back and defend that. Yeah. Um, I did a thing I do with GSC sometimes where I left him no space to come in on the board anywhere at all, and the only place his forge fiends could come in in his response was in his back corner ruin. That was the only space he had. So they they really struggled to get into the game and get angles. Um, that said, Sam played the counter attack incredibly well. Super aggressive, killed just so many of my guys absolutely murdered everyone and abaddon had lost a lot of his supporters and lost a few more to overwatch but still very nearly managed to make a charge into my back ruin and basically between that failing and him split firing with some obliterators which meant he actually just failed to kill a reductor saboteur who only has three wounds an obliterator had a terrible time trying to shoot the saboteur oh, and just no. just cocked it out which meant, <laughs> meant I, I held on on a flank um, the game swung. It was incredibly narrow. I think there would have only been 10 points in. It was like 70-something, 60-something. Um, phenomenal game. Sam is such a good player, and we, we had a really good time with it. Really interesting, very um, technical game. Learned lots, um, and I think yeah, I, I was I was lucky in a, in a number of ways to get away with that one, but, I, but get away with it, I did, and I was able to win the Wrath of Verse round. Fantastic. Excellent. Well done, Tom. In the bag. Now, I'm going to try and do this podcast thing, which much more experienced podcasters are able to do, which is listen to you and read the chat at the same time. Hmm. And it turns out I can't, because basically when I start reading the chat, I can't hear what you're saying. Um, My brain doesn't work with both. Um, So I kind of zoned out of the point where you said you took off his home objective and then returned to you having a reductor saboteur not being killed by those obliterators. So, um, But Existence UK says Forge Fiends are nuts and he's going to convert a Sikaran to look like a Forge Fiend because he hates the model. And I think that is something that we all want to see. I think they're Uh, quite remarkable. One of Sam's was a Chaos Death decimator because obviously decimators don't have much to do now r.i.p so RIP he's, found, he's found a new life as a forge fiend but he's just he's just a decimator with a massive long base it was quite <laughs> it was quite, it was quite, quite funny but um yeah forge fiends the output on csm in general honestly i'm gonna have to play that index because it's just so cool like the out the output is amazing um it does everything it hits it, it hits it runs it shoots it fights um and it's it's very scary and very punchy i love it 
That's a good combo in there. Right, you yeah. went three minutes too long, Tom. <gasps> so, Aaron, game one, be very quick. Yep, certainly. Um, <laughs> my game one and my first game ever with Custodes was against yeah. um, who was wonderful opponent and one thing I would say about the whole event, everyone was lovely, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really Always nice. Good. Yeah. And um, a shout out to Josh and good luck. He's out representing South Africa next week in WTC. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yes, he is. Um, Josh is he, a great guy. Yeah, he's lovely. Very, very fun. Good, good. Uh, enjoy him. Bit, bit, bit of banter as we're playing as well, which is always nice. Um, and he was playing Imperial Knights. He had uh, two big knights, uh, one with the rapid fire and the battle cannon, one with the rapid fire and the chainsaw, and obviously loads of little knights. Um, I lost the game before we started because I chose fixed secondaries. Ah, okay. And I thought, I'll try them out. And that was a bad idea because then all, <laughs> all he'd done was then just sat on his back line shooting me as I tried to get across the board to him. And on Dawn of War, it's very good for the Knights um, mm. on that uh, first mission yeah. in the UKTC. Uh, but we'd done as best we could and we got uh, not the best points. We got more than uh, nothing and end up losing that 78 to 49. But mm. yeah, wonderful game. Can we um, quickly talk about his um, suits up for no paint now, Aaron? Oh, yes. Yes. So <laughs> when I did attack and get some uh, wounds through onto his big knight, I got seven damage through and he rolled seven six ups. Oh, I love that. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Oh, oh, someone needs to so flush good. those dice. <laughs> that's so good. I got a lot of time for that. Uh, it was brilliant. We were just both like in such shock at it actually occurring. It's just like, that's just amazing. <laughs> What a bastard. <laughs> well, unlucky Aaron. Not the best start, but no worries. I think it was all going to turn out good for you in the end. Chris, game one with your stinking elder. Yeah, so I had Knights 2 against um, Zan, who's a really nice guy. Probably not like super experienced in terms of events and that sort of thing. He had a Castellan, which is obviously a big shooty thing, which does pose a few issues because it can just one-shot my race knight. And the way I thought this game would go is because you've got your big ruin in the right-hand side. I thought my Wraith Knight will go there. He'll put Skistern on his right flank along with as many of his knights as possible. I'll be able to control the right flank with my Wraith Knight and pick up anything there. But meanwhile, he outranges me and he then can kind of kill my tanks because of the towering keyword. And will I be able to outshoot him? Um, as it was, Zan kind of put everything roughly in the middle. Um, and he went first. I started 500 points of killing goodness off the board. He kind of moved forward and could do nothing. I popped out, killed a tank, popped back in again, because, you know, that's what we get to do. We get to say hello with our Wraith Knight, and then we get to shoot Overwatch with our Wraith Knight, and then we go and hide again so that they can't see us. It's completely be ashamed of yourself. Um, <laughs> and in his turn to he used his Castellan to kill the five rangers, which were the only thing he could see. So that could use that, that 600 yeah. point model. At uh, which point I was then able to drop the Castellan and another armor journey kind of snowballed. And um, uh, at the end of turn three, he had the Warden left, which I then killed turn four. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was certainly could have gone wrong, I think. I mean, he had the Vindicare. So if you're playing into Knights, my takeaway is that, so Knights get six up for no pain. So it's a five up for no pain if they kill your Warlord. So you have to be really careful with defending your Warlord if you're playing into Imperial Knights. Mine's an Autark Wade who doesn't do much apart from giving a CP. So he just stayed hidden. So anyone playing into Knights, make sure if you want to try and kill the Knights, 
make sure you're keeping the warlord hidden. I also chose fixed. I went for um, bring it down and um, uh, what's it called? Uh, deploy teleport homers because my list can obviously do that. Um, and the only issue was that he kept moving to the middle, kept trying to raise objectives. And I just kept killing the object, the knight or the vindicare that was on the objective, which he was trying to raise. Certainly made a few positional errors, but yeah, it was nice just to see that um, the killing power was there and we got off to a 90-51. Well played. Nicely done. Would you like to roll straight onto your game too, Chris? Yeah, sure. So I need now I immediately went straight into Death Watch. Now Death Watch are one of the strongest factions around, I'd say at the moment. They've got a lot of nastiness. Um they've got um they they've re-roll in combat against um Zenos, so that's fun. Um and he had like kind of three big bricks of kill team, he had the ten desolators, a couple of um, land speeders, and, like, oh, this, this. and Adam's also a good player. You know, um, Tom's played him before. Um, you're muted, Tom. Um, yeah, he is a uh, he is a good um, he is a good player. So I knew this was going to be a really tricky game. Um, I did get to go first, um, and I was able to see. I drew bring it down. I was able to see his two land speeders just like through like little angles and that sort of thing, which yeah. meant that I was kind of able to just score those points, take away that power um, of his mobility early on. Um, and the way this game kind of played out was that he just couldn't really get into me. I did. A, I think I played quite well in terms of my positioning. I did give him one in, which he neglected to take. Kind of set my incarn out, to, and he was in a bit of a vulnerable position. And uh, he could have dropped his stern guard down and basically killed my incarn with the desolators shooting on the interceptors as well. Yeah. Uh, but he chose not to. He chose to be a bit more defensive with stern guard and. I don't think it would have changed the game because I think I had a big enough lead already and I still was controlling enough of the flanks, but that was a potential that we spoke about afterwards. And he was like, yeah, I think I probably should have just put them there and gone. Um, but full credit to Adam, he didn't let me shoot my Wraith Knight until turn three. And then yeah, brilliant. Death Watch. Um, but it was also the situation where after turn three, I had lost five Rangers and one Fire Prison. And that was yeah. it. Um, so I was, able, I was kind of in control of that. I score secondaries better. Um, and so that finished 95-39. It feels a little bit like with your army, Chris, just from the first two games, that the Wraith Knight and the Incarnate are almost a bit of a distraction. It's everything else that's scoring you the points. Yeah. And obviously, in the first game, you took, you took Bring It Down, so you need the Wraith Knight to start taking Knights out. That's fair enough. But in, in kind of games where you're taking tactical secondaries, it's everything else is running around getting you to the 100 points. Absolutely. Very yeah, so you've got... Um... You've got the two units of warp spiders and the shadow specters, and they're basically there just to score you your um, the kind of the positional ones. Yeah. Um, and then you're using the killing stuff to score the, the killing ones. But yeah, if you do play into Eldar, and this will come up next game actually, but if you do play into Eldar, if you do have the opportunity to go in and kill their warp spiders and shadow specters, um, that sort of thing as quickly as possible. You know, rangers they forward deploy, they move forward, they're in bait. The warp spiders are going to get into your deployment zone early on and be incarn bait. The red knight's going to be hidden and shooting. And spoiler alert, for the entire five games, the wraith knight was not targeted once for anything. No one ever shot at the wraith knight. Um, and I played the wraith knight defensively. Obviously, if I thrown it down everyone's throat, then I'm sure they would have had to try and deal with it. But 
able to see it at all to shoot it, Chris. <laughs> well, there is that. I think he didn't need his big ruin very, very occasionally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a control piece and you're just sending out your little bits to go and get the job done, absolutely. Good. Excellent. Well played. Well, the chat is just going off on one about creating different types of forge fiends now so i think we've lost everyone that's listening uh, I creativity in there. I, love it. <laughs> I just they're not even paying attention to what we're saying so we're just kind of scream- <laughs> we're just screaming into the void now you're really quiet tom by the way oh that's weird let me move the mic closer is that any better yeah, yeah. Oh, there's your normal okay. loud self there we um, go Okay, new, I need a new headset. This one's been bitten by the cat a couple of times, and it's so <laughs> outrageous. So, Tom, if you could control your pets, would you like to tell us about your second game? Well, I've shut the door tonight, so they're not in here, which was a good call. Um, yeah, second game, I played Jake. Now, I've played Jake at, um, at Tabletop Republic several times. I love Jake. He is a very fun times person. He loves weird lists. The first time I played him, he ran nine basilisks. Um, oh, and I was I was I was actually running two great unclean ones in that game um, because I was I was also experimenting with Death Guard Noble Demons and we had a really good game. Um, so he's always running weird lists. This was a fully infantry foot carpet sisters list. Tons of Brilliant. bodies, tons and tons of bodies with the Triumph of Saint Catherine kind of leading it up. And this isn't not a concern for me because it's got a lot of bodies some of which are like um whichever the zephyrim i think the sword ones are there's a bunch of quick melee and if jake decides to go first and run this straight down the middle on mass and run it all the way into my deployment and flood the board it can be a problem um so what i did was i deployed 10 aberrants basically down the side flank it was like the quarters deployments for this one deployed 10 aberrants down the side flank very near him in a kind of come and play with this and don't get in my grill over in the middle too quickly. Um, and Jake did that, um, which meant that the Zephyrim got stuck bogged down fighting Aberrant. It was actually a lot like the game I had against Orcs when I played Ben Piddington a couple of weeks ago. Um, the stuff that needed to go straight for me went sideways when it shouldn't have done. Um, and then I was able to have the big drop turn and put a massive hole in the sisters um, and clean up. And he wasn't then able to get into positions to screen flips. Uh, what I will say is that the Triumphs of St. Catherine's amazing. That thing just kills, that thing kills stuff for fun. Very violent, very funny, very silly. Loved it. We had a great time. Did he do the um, reserve trick with the retributors and all the miracle dice? Just bring it on and delete a whole section of your opponent's army. He did free. not do that. No, he did not. He it was on the board. There was nothing with retributors really. Retributors were around, but they didn't do anything particularly exciting. I've heard of some of the combo plays, but I didn't see it on full display here. But I think Jake was relatively new to sisters to his credit. Right. Okay. Well, we'll have to tell him the way you can get sixteen auto wounds with your retributors. Um... Oh, <laughs> okay, well, you can tell him that. Now, now that I'm safe, that's fine. I'm glad that'll mess up anybody's day. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't do that before. <laughs> Excellent, good. So, another win for you, then, Tom. So, yeah. Aaron, time to catch up. Yep, uh, so I faced off uh, against Darminda and his very beautifully painted ultramarines. They are um, that's a stunning army. He's been yeah. to Saffron Walden a couple of times now, and they are brilliant. Yes, yeah. excellent. Yes, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, and again, as Tom said, it was a quarters deployment. And the mistake that uh, Darminder made was he set up a unit of assault intercessors too close to the uh, 18-inch no-go zone in the middle, and then had his um, infiltrators out on the, the flank directly above me. Again, a bit too close. So I was able to get straight into his lines in turn one, and Ooh. just snowballed from that. Um, he couldn't get out of it and I think I took out his unit of 10 desolation marines and took his home ejective on turn two 
and it and it just snowballed. I mean, all the dice went my way as well. Like I got all the charges I needed, and like I think in one turn I shot Gilliman dead. He stood up, and then I charged into combat and beat him to death as well, all in the same turn. Which quite funnily scores twice on Bring It Down. We think. Um, yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, so overall, it oh, was. Oh yes, because he gets up and then dies, then gets up again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or dice gets um, up, dies. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It was definitely. I was just able to. There was not enough shooting to stop me from getting in, and enough cover to get across. So I was able to very brutally force myself across the board and just um, uh, stamp on all the little blue heads, essentially, um, and ended up taking that one 100 to 15. <laughs> 100 to 15? You only yeah. let him get five points. Yes. So I felt very bad. You were a bit. You were a bit angry after game one loss. <laughs> so you went and crushed a man, um, destroyed his. Uh, his soul and his want to play 40k ever again um... yeah but it was just fun to see like all the dice went my way like he charged yeah. gilliman into a five wound tank and i saved everything except for once so he only done four damage to me and left him on a wound just like stuff like that stuff like that yeah, yeah. no fair enough well well played anyway and you, that those results only come from playing well so uh nicely done so what was your mm. your third game like aaron then to finish out the first day uh i went back into imperial knights um, <laughs> Time for vengeance. Yes, and uh, it was against Zan, um, Chris's earlier opponent, yep. uh, with the, the two big knights and obviously the very scary volcano cannon and the big plasma decimator, uh, etc. But again, this was on the, I can't remember the name of it, but like the middle to the corner deployments. And the map for this has a lot better staging areas to get across the board. So I was able to hop from one um, ruin to another and not be overwatched, etc. And then again, I found all my four up saves in this one compared to game one. And he unleashed a Castellan on a unit, uh, on a five mana custodes and killed two guys. Um, yeah. And then I just, I was able to get into combat with all of his knights and uh, just took them all down essentially. And having the um, secondaries as a uh, tactical instead, having my um, uh, Caladus Assassin just popping up and down every turn and, and doing what I need to do yeah. just help help me push on uh, to 100 to 33 victory. Mm. Oh, fantastic. So 200 from 200 from your second two games. So you finished finished day one incredibly strong then. Well played. Yeah. Um, so let's see if Tom and Chris can get for the three wins. Chat is still banging on about Forge Fiends. So. No, they're having a great time. There's, there's, so, there's so much plotting and scheming going on. It's great. You love to see it. Love to see it. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually noting some of the ideas down because I've got some serious <laughs> Are any of you actually concentrating to what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just talk about Forge Fiends. Well, I'm, I'm commenting on it in the chat. So. Forge Steve Forge bloody Forge writing Fiends messages that, yeah. suggesting different heresy conversions for Forge Fiends. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we can get through this. Then we talk about some questions, I'm sure. Tom, absolutely. Game three, go on. Game three. So I had Necrons game three, which is a tough matchup, and it was that on. A tough. You've had some it, tough matchups this day. Like... I, I have. It was. It, I yes, it's been. It was a long. It was a long weekend. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't really get. I mean, the sisters game went okay, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really get a let up in this particular event. It was. A, it was a tough. It was a tough game. Uh, I'd played Necrons in the week. I'd actually played James Grover of Goonhammer, and he'd beaten me, schooled me with Necrons um, in the GSC Necrons game, and I'd learned a lot from that, which was really useful. And actually, we'd played on this exact mission, which was the um, the one where you get points for killing and killing more, as well as holding and holding more, um, which can potentially be a very high scoring one. Um, yeah. But is a bit of an issue into internet crons for GSC because they're going to outkill you most of the time, right? They, you have lots of stuff dying, and sometimes they don't have any stuff dying, um, and they've got good primary games. So it was a, it was a tough game, and Scott had lots of warriors, lich guard, and a transcendent katan. 
um, which has all the buffs on it to make it really hard. That to seems ridiculous. It's very, <laughs> it's very silly and very funny, and I love it. Um, and Scott was quite tentative um, in the early stages, which meant that I was able to sort of line up and get a couple of big drops on the units that I knew from the last time I played needed a lot to deal with. So I put, I think, 60 neophytes into the Lich Guard. And it took literally all of that to clear them, right? That's that's hundreds of points of shooting with all of the buffs, all the strats I could throw on it, every single bit of, of upgrade, um, and managed to clear the Lich Guard. I never managed to clear the Warriors because then Scott hits back and hits me very hard. And one thing that had happened is that I'd screened the Transcendent Katan really well round one. And then in my excitement to do all the damage I needed to do, left him a little pocket in round two. So suddenly I've got a Transcendent Katan in my backfield, which is not good because he goes on a mad one um, and kills a bunch of tanks and makes this is exactly what you do not want in this situation. So that was bringing Scott back into the game, although I'd been scoring quite well. Um, and in the end, it was phenomenally hard fought and it was 194 to me um so wow. really okay. really really close, close tough game as, as as i knew that it would be um and scott coming back into it really really strong towards the end and i actually need to shout out the manticores here because what happened at the start of this game is that in quite unprobable circumstances <laughs> one manticore one shot a canoptech reanimator wow okay um, <laughs> it fired it rolled seven shots it hit six times it wounded six times and he failed six saves and then he had 18, four out of field, no pains, and it died. Um, wow. Which got me the kill and got me the kill more. So actually, without that Manticore, I don't win the game. Um, so I was I was very, very fortunate that the rocket went off in the way that it did. They're staying in the list then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I, I know they don't do that, right? They're not really... Maybe two yeah. of them, if they get lucky, is able to drop one. And it would be great for that matchup if yeah. they do. Um, but they weren't, Manticores are in there for the Death Watch Desolation Marines that I never actually faced at this event. Um, yes. But that's what they're best at killing. Tom, did he have any um, hex mods? Olive, yeah, no, he Olive in the chat he didn't, and that. You can do amazing things with hex marks. Hex marks are fantastic in the GSC game. Um, and you can do some really clever stuff with dropping them onto points with rapid ingress to counter the GSC drop. Um, and use them to snipe the GSC characters in the bricks. Um, two of those, I think, if you're playing against GSC, is phenomenal to have. I really yeah. like the hex mark. It's a wonderful unit. It just shuts down so much. You Scott, Scott didn't it? have it. He hadn't really been thinking about the GSC matchup, so that was I benefited from that. But still, really close game. GSC are a bit of a funny one, aren't they? Because it's hard if you tech into them too much, you just suck against everything else. <laughs> yeah, they, they present quite a weird problem, um, and they're quite different in that sense. So, yeah. Excellent. So that's the third win for you, Tom. So 100% record for yes. day one. Yep. Chris, take us through game three. Did you also maintain 100% record for day one? Well, I got the delights of the Eldari Mirror. Ah, There's two of you. <laughs> by bastard, I mean one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, Pete was just like this, such a nice guy. And really I remembered him from going last year where he'd taken his off way. Um, Eldar, who are like incredibly well painted, like they look amazing. Um, and he, he's just you know, he just taking the units he liked and he wanted a bit of a change. You know, he's more than happy to say that you know, he doesn't normally take strongest at all. This time, he had the Avatar, he had the Incarn, and he had the Wraith Knight, as well as the Hornet. There's a lot of points in three models, there's a lot of points in three models. Um, and Kind of, we had no idea how this game would go. He made the decision to strap reserve his um, two fire prisms, 
Um, I got first turn and was able to kind of pick up the, um, the his ranges that he forward deployed, at which point he decided to teleport his Incarn to the midboard. Then the Incarn kind of killed everything on that side, barring one ranger. Um, and then he had this decision to make on whether to teleport the Incarn back or not, um, because he'd killed the warp spiders that I'd stuck over near his um, deployment zone. And he decided to not teleport the Incarn. So we went to see if I could kill his Incarn. And Fire Prisms went boom, Wraith Knight went double boom, Incarn went bye-bye. So at that point, I'm like, I'm, I messaged the WhatsApp chat going, one's game comfortably, guys. All is good in the world. At which point... Never, um, ever put that in the WhatsApp chat. That's point, in writing. At which point, Pete dropped down two Fire Prisms and unleashed the Wraith Knight. And I lost um, my two Fire Prisms and a Hornet. And I've... That's what I said earlier, like losing three uh, losing three units is suddenly a bit like, oh shit, I've suddenly lost quite a lot of my ability to I support. do it every turn, mate, every turn. Uh, yeah, well, yours come back, Tom. So, <laughs> um, um, but I should point out that I saw something I mentioned earlier, is in the Eldar matchup, you need to take out their um, their units, their point scoring units as quickly as possible. And obviously he's got these big heavyweight hitters because of that, he doesn't have much board presence and stuff to go score objectives yeah. do the actions on objectives etc and in turn one my night spinner had decided to go kaboom into um into his one unit of warp spiders and dropped all i rolled the c36s well, i rolled two and used the um, dice to turn the third one into it so i did six mortal wounds so I took out his warp spiders turn one that was a really important moment because although as we turned moved into turn three four i was suddenly starting to go like oh i'm running out of stuff slightly um i had like a 20 25 point advantage and yeah. he didn't really have the ability to um to catch that back up and um, i did start panicking somewhat though um <laughs> and i think i did then bring the being like oh i'm oh, fuck really off.
Um, and then you fired the Wraith Knight, and the Wraith Knight did about five damage. So what we learned is the Wraith Knight does not kill the Incarn. Oh, wow. Um, and then the Incarn was able to chop up the fire prisms and that sort of thing. Um, and then I had a go near the end just for fun at firing my Wraith Knight into his avatar. And that also does not work. So, <laughs> um, so that, that was good. Um, but no, he was an absolute gem that I was that, just that able to... army was just so beautiful as well. Like it's the yeah, proper, it like, the, awesome. all those jaggedy diagonal, like lightning patterns in the bone scheme. It's just uh, so beautiful when it's done well. So I would say my takeaway from the Eldar matchup there is I don't think it necessarily is who goes first. I think it depends on putting the right stuff on the board. Um, I think you have to be super aware that if they take stuff off the board, you have to be thinking about their lines of sight, especially yeah. with the fire prisms. It does take two fire prisms to kill one fire prism, though. So just bear that in mind because yeah. they've always got a fake dice to make a five up save um, or uh, against a bright lance or whatever, or a six up save. Um, so it will take two fire prisms to kill one fire prism um, and kill their stuff and pick up little things, maybe teleport the incarnate just to be a better piece of um, removing the income um, yeah. around the board. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, a really good game that ended 171. So, um, so you just stayed that sort of 25, 30 odd points ahead, even yeah. though by the end of the game you didn't have much left. So yeah, I, I, I highlights the importance of your, your little units, doesn't it? Those points that went on the avatar could have gone on more scoring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I mean, I definitely did over panic because by the end he had Wraith Knight, Avatar, Viper left. I had Incarn, Wraith Knight, Knight Spinner, and a unit of Warp Spiders left. Um, so it was, it was, it was really cool. No, it was, um, it was a really, really fun game. Excellent. Very well played, sir. Uh, Olov is back in the chat. He thanks us for our comments on the Hexmark and yeah. says solid content. No, that's which great. Is us. You're, you're welcome, Olive. I, I was thinking about the Hexmark again, I did, and I don't know if you're Necrons or GSC, Olive, but for GSC players playing into the Hexmark, things you need to do are make sure when you do drop to clear stuff off objectives, you're in 12-inch range of it so that they can't use him to drop down and protect the objective outside of lone operative range. And also, when you're dropping your bricks with like Primus and Nexus in, drop the Primus and the Nexus like behind a wall with the rest of the brick out, because otherwise the Hexmark is going to just start assassinating them as he sees the back at you. So you need to, you need to do those, those little things in your positioning, and he becomes a little bit less of a nightmare. Um, but into the unwary GSC player, he's just going to ruin your life. It's great. He's such a cool unit. I love him. I'd run free, but that's just me. <laughs> Excellent. So, end of game one then. Tom, you're 3-0. and Chris, you're 3-0. and Aaron, you're 2-1. and We're all looking very solid. And I think Chris and Tom, you are top table at this point. We were top table, yeah. We two estimated. undefeated. We were the only two undefeated, I think, by this point in in the day. Um, and we knew by the end of day one that we were going to be playing each other. So this is where the shenanigans start this coming so in. This is Chris, Chris and Aaron are like, what we should do is take Tom out and get him really drunk because they, <laughs> they, they know that my brain doesn't work when I've been out and I've had too much to drink and I'm very guilty of, of, of fucking things Drinking a little bit too much. This yeah. has echoes of that scene in Gladiator where uh, the Emperor goes in to meet um, Maximus before mm. their little fight in the arena and just stabs him. <laughs> just so that he can make sure the emperor still wins the fight. 
Yeah, so, Chris, it, it, I think you're the emperor in this situation. It's, it's, it's worth saying <laughs> they, they didn't actually do this. Like we had, we had a, a very nice cup of beers, some pizza. With Scrivo, watching out of Wall Street and went to bed and got a really nice whack of sleep. So there's no, there's no, no shenanigans on that front, really. It was all in jest, really. <laughs> the idea was certainly had. <laughs> so there were there were a secret number of us rooting for you, Tom. We wanted you to oh. uh, wanted you to usurp Chris and take your dominance as, <laughs> as lead six pluser. So I think let's let's do that game. Let's do mm. Tom versus Chris game yeah. four. Then we'll come on to Aaron's game four after that. So who wants yeah. who wants to describe? This is um, quite tricky. Isn't you have it? to be nice to each other. It's the sort of game which I would love to have like recorded and talk yeah. back through turn by turn. It was, I would say, tactically definitely my favourite game yeah. of tenth so far because you're. We always, well, it's just the nature of the armies we're playing, but especially when you're playing into GSC, there are so many decisions you're constantly having to make about screening where you want to attack and that sort of thing. And from Tom's perspective, um, he's got so many units to drop down, put into different places, and they're coming back, and he's constantly having to make a huge amount of decisions as well. So it's yeah. unbelievably complicated game, which you're never going to get right. And there are multiple things that we both did that I'm sure we would like to oh, do uh, differently. Um, absolutely, yeah. And I think the complicating factor as well is that the cards have this real distorting role on the game as well, because you know, we both took tactical, and sometimes a card just makes you go and be somewhere that you don't want to be at a particular moment in time, and you're chasing those secondary points, and they can really pull you out of position and force you to do things that then give the opponent different kinds of ins they wouldn't otherwise have had. So I think we, we both felt that the cards were hard this game. Like We were both really struggling to consistently score the secondary cards, um, and a couple of key moments got decided by what pops up where. And it, it was otherwise really tight. Like primary was super tight. It was always one where I was going to dominate the board early. And Chris uh, had end of turn. So Chris was coming into it late. So I needed to get a lead up on primary early doors and stay. And GSC have a bunch of tools by which they can do that. Um, but I think the mini game that probably, I mean, Chris can unpack it in more detail. The mini game that needs the most attention on top of all the stuff we've just mentioned is is the income, really, because the, the, the drama with the income one way or the other is, is massive in this matchup. Um, and it was basically an ordeal for everyone involved um, for all five <laughs> turns. So I don't know if you want to unpack on that a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Tom, so might as well break it down. So Tom's got the aberrants um, in his list, which can obviously walk through a lot of things. Uh, and they can forward deploy. So I have to put my rangers in a position where I can block off the um, ruin, which he would like to forward deploy his... I'd like to come up from that sort of bottom corner, wouldn't I? ...to come round. So I have to block that off, which means they have to start on an objective. Tom then draws kill a unit on an objective. Tom goes first, gets to kill a unit on an objective. I'm like, damn it, what are the odds? That is so annoying. I always don't put it on an objective. So just in case they get that card, he's going to bloody draw on that card. Thankfully... In this game, the Manticores were a pile of shit. They were <laughs> they did they did fucking nothing. They rolled one or two shots. I think every single time. It was time. it was literally every time. I say I don't I don't talk I don't talk about dice, I'm not interested in talking about dice, but there was it was just that sort of Chris, obviously, again, we both have a very good assessment of what the averages of things are. And for the first couple of times, we're just like, oh, my word, what is going on with this? <laughs> particularly particularly the artillery guns. Like, they just, none of them were doing anything. Like, they weren't, they didn't want to be part of it. <laughs> you know, you're obviously worried about the outline side shooting because you are still quite fragile. Oh, like, yeah. oh, man, it's giving them these points. Oh, they're still too alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I was kind of like, right. Um, and I shoved some walk spiders in his face, as is yes, my want. Yes, and I'm like, right, well, you deal with these because 
GSE don't really want to spend too much time defending their home field objective. No, they don't. If I can get my Incarn over there chopping up the manticores, holding that backfield, um, it's going to cause all sorts of problems. And I think probably um, the Incarn, as Tom says, is a huge part of this game. And Tom plays around, he's constantly thinking about the Incarn and plays around it very well. Um, and that is really hard to do over five turns. Five turns and Tom did I that. I had to though. leave Warp Spiders alive, right? Yeah, I trimmed the squad and just left it alive. We tank shot one. I tank shot <laughs> it with a manticore, killed a few of them off, and just tagged them with the manticore and kept tagging them with the manticore. <laughs> Because the manticore was so fucking useless at shooting, I was like, well, I might as well use it as like a melee tank. And I was like, I, uh, and so you've got these. Just them, they can't, they can't take this point on their own. So I just have to tie them up and shut them up and not let an income teleport in. Because um, I scored, I thought I scored ten points in my first turn, yeah. so I've got a good card. Yeah, you got some decent cards. Yeah, um, I've guided my. Um, my race night for like the drop turn to pick up a maybe pick up a 20 man if we get lucky or really new to it so tom is quite cautious with his drop downs drops down out of like um out of um kind of overwatch range yeah. picks up like maybe one it picks up uh he lines up he's got assassinate to try and kill my fast here but i'm able to phantasm that out yeah, the way I don't kill the fast here, yeah. um and then he tries the manticores to kill the fast here but they don't, they don't do that they don't do that um <laughs> and he kind of picks up a few little bits. And then I'm like, uh, right, I had this interesting moment where I'm like, right, okay, I want to get my in-card over there. And he's not letting me. So he's got this hidden unit, and I've drawn a card to kill a unit on an objective, and he's got one hidden on my like, my extra objective over the top of the board. So I'm like, right, what order do I want to put down my warp spiders and shadow specters? And I'm like, my shadow specters are basically like D6 plus four blast shots each. They're really powerful. They just so delete, what, they delete 20 mans. They're great. So I want them alive. Yeah. So I'm like, right, I'll put my warp spiders down first. Um, and I'm like, Tom, do you want Overwatch? And like, we have this, like, it's this big thing where I'm like constantly, do you want Overwatch, Tom? Go on, Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, Overwatch, yeah. kill my things, and Tom. If you give that Overwatch away early doors, it's a sad time. So you have to wait and wait. And, um, and he's so to Overwatch the warp spiders. Um, and I'm like, right, I've positioned the warp spiders. So if these warp spiders die, the incarn can top pop over and then using fake dice is going to have like a seven inch charge into this first manticore finally i've got into his back lines as he leaves one alive this isn't calculation at this stage. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know i don't know what overwatch does man i, <laughs> yeah. just, I just i just fire it and <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so the chest bits has come down clear a lot of that blob um and yeah it was sort of it was there's this eternal battle over five turns of me trying to get my incarn over there and yeah. just not quite working. My night spinner is basically going, I'm going to make those aberrants move four inches because yeah. Tom's got the aberrants in the middle of the board. I'm saying they're not going to advance, they're going to move four inches. That's it. Um, yeah. And yeah, such an interesting game. I cleared out a lot, obviously, it came back. My goal was to either um, like reduce it to like one or two models so it couldn't come back. Or tag it because if you tag it, they can't return to shadows. Yeah, and then which, got which you did really well. A lot of squads tied up and crippled without being yeah. killed. Yeah. Um, and eventually, the game, the game, it kind of. I, I had um, I had a bottom of turn which gave me a chance to catch up a bit on primary, um, and it came down to like me drawing my final cards, um, and could I get like a really good round? And I didn't quite have enough, um, and it ended eighty-eight, eighty-two to yeah. top. Phenomenal. Oh, and to I think Tom, it, it, was the one, it was one of those where 
it was played so tightly that it was basically just the, the luck of the cards on a couple of rounds that, that w was the difference. I don't think there was much. In it. I think I had a slight primary edge, but it was very, very slight. And, and I'd, I'd had to commit a lot to do it. So it was very, just very enough narrow. to see you over the line. Turn two, yeah. I gave up on trying to investigate signals because Tom had kind of taken a lot of the board. Yeah. And in hindsight, I probably could have got four on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That still wouldn't have been enough. Um, I kind of not in this board. instance, but you'd have been in the right. Yeah, I would have gone. Say, yeah. I decided to just use all of my killing power as best yeah. I could, but I could have got a four in it, instead, and so I didn't actually need the CP, and that yeah. would have made it eighty-eight, eighty-six, which would have been even more exciting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Tom played it exceptionally well. Full credit to Tom. Um, yeah. like, it was exhausting that one though. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very exhausting. Game. The Wraith Knight killed at least three twenty bricks quite happily. <laughs> And but there's a bit at the end where I jump in to nab the back objective and keep the primary down a little bit more with some acolytes. And the Wraith Knight goes off with his Overwatch, and it's basically I'm basically just sat there like, please don't roll sixes because if you roll <laughs> if you roll sixes, they all die, and if you don't, <laughs> we'll be okay. And Chris rolled all the shots out, and he had his reroll, and he didn't on all of these shots manage to get a single one. So there was a bit of luck as well to to steal it at the day. But conversely, the point yeah. before. Um, I had forgotten about the 12 inch no shooting thing. Yeah, and my yeah. Wraith Knight was about 14 inches away from the block that dropped down. Yeah. Um, and if that, uh, so, and that was in my turn of shooting. Yeah. So if I had been 12 inches away, that block's dead. Instead, yeah. a few survived from yeah. other shots and they were able to then be in position, which yeah. meant I had to charge yeah. my Knight Spinner into that block to try and kill a few more, which meant it left a gap for him to three-inch deep strike onto my home field. So yeah. it's like those little things that I made, definitely that was a big mistake by me, and there was a fire fibers in my fallen back, and that was like 14 inches away from that same block I was trying to kill. Yeah. So there were just those little moments where I made some mistakes in my turn four. So. Yeah, I think it's it's one that will get only get closer as a match up the more that we play it. And it was it's yeah. those no one's going to defend those two indexes. They're both jacked as hell, but in play, played into each other, it's very interesting. Close, I think, yeah. Actually, I was fortunate enough to hit all of the indexes this weekend that are so pumped that actually every game still feels very much like a game and they are it is a yeah. real challenge and really tough so that was good although again it speaks to the state of the meta that only a very small selection of armies are really the ones out at the moment mm -hmm. um that's sad but those games are actually interesting and, and good yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's, a, it's a good it's a good tough matchup i think gsc have the advantage into a bad eldar player I would definitely say that, but I think a good Eldar player makes that a phenomenally close game, and that's exactly what Chris did. And as always, he's a, a babe to play, because he is. Excellent. He's so nice. And this is, this is very much like Gladiator, because the Emperor has been toppled by the Usurper, <laughs> despite attempts to make it before he started. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've let that go on. So Aaron, you're going to be very quick on your fourth game, if that's okay. That's fine, just like my wife says, I can help you out with it. Um, so I had the pleasure of uh, playing against Jacob and his Thousand Sons. Um, and the night before, I was talking about this, and I was a bit concerned about Magnus and his output. Yeah. Um, so we sort of decided we were going to ignore Magnus. But again, this was on the quarters deployment, and um, Jacob uh, got first turn. And again, I think he sort of made a similar mistake to what Darminda did. But I basically put a small five man with a. Um, uh, Blade Wizard just behind the ruin in the middle, so if he moves around it, he can see them. Um, and he'd use turn one teleport on his little crystal to go up to the objective that I made his tempting target, which is the one north of my objective zone. 
and he he shot everything he could into the um five man that i'd left in the open as bait and uh he left one alive with the blade wizard um they're just they're just so cheery if you get the rolls to go your way and obviously the minus uh damage if you can etc uh, i wasn't able to all this time but even without that minus damage they still managed to weather it yeah and then i was able then to take out that unit that had come across with the crystal turn one i was able to get into his terminators turn one as well and then just proceed to come across the board and get in onto his home objective again um i think i was there on turn three i think it was brilliant uh, but yeah it's that thing on that quarter deployment it's very dangerous to give any opening for a charge from the custodes um but yeah and some of the uh, cards went my way uh, some didn't go um uh, Jacobs, but ultimately it ended up with a 99-75 victory to me. Fantastic. Solid score. Well done. You got some incredible scores there, Aaron. So you, you're definitely up there when it comes to battle points. Yeah, we were, we were all scoring really well over the weekend. It was nice, yeah. it was nice to smash so, people in and get lots of points. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So we're going into game five then. Basically now, Tom, this is yours to lose really, isn't it? You've got that's, four wins. That's what I was told, yep. That you're up top. The, that was the word No pressure. Yep, no pressure at Chris all. Chris and Aaron yeah. close behind on, on three wins each with a loss. And they're both yeah. three very, very high scoring wins as well and, uh, and yeah. high scoring losses. So yeah. Um, you can't afford to make any mistakes, Tom, really, can you? No, I can't. Um, yeah, I can't. How did your last game go? How did my last game go? Um, I was There were two people I could have played. I could have played Adam, who was on his death watch, uh, which I was up for, actually, because I'd practiced that matchup and the Manticores were there specifically to cull Desolation Marines, so I felt pretty good about that one. Um, or Aaron. It was the other candidate, and obviously I played Aaron a lot. I know that's a tough game, but Aaron's a lovely man, so that's the, that was the other option. And that was the option that I got. Hey, another so plus off. It was a plus off, and it was Custodius GSC. I'd played it twice before Aaron, and I've won it by the skin of my teeth the two times before that, so I knew it was horrific and hard matchup. Aaron hasn't played it yet, so he didn't really know how it was going to go in that sense. But obviously, mm. we all read and we all listen to content, so we all know GSC are terrifying. So that was there was a bit of that going on. Um, the mission had a big shaping role in how the game played because the mission was yeah. vital ground and vital ground removes the middle objective Yeah, and it gives you a lot more primary for holding the middle and it gives you a lot more primary for holding your opponent and it gives you very little for just sitting back defensively and holding your own and that has two key effects on this game. It hurts Aaron because Aaron can't just steam down the middle and get points whilst he's doing it so that hurts the way that Custodius list likes to play but it also hurts me because there's not as many points to do things on. There's not as many points to sneak on to. And as I whittle down the custodies, they don't actually need as many units to hang on and get primary and be in the places they need to be to score their points. Um, because this matchup very much goes, the custodies run around killing stuff with swords and looking really cool. I drop down and kill tons of them. And it's just about which one of us manages to do that best in the right places at the right time. So that's the general yeah. pattern. Everyone's dying when everyone's shooting. I'm shooting him, he's dying. He's stabbing me, I'm dying. He shoots me a bit, I die as well. I do a bit more dying, actually, overall. But I have more, <laughs> I have more stuff. So that's, more stuff. And, I, and I come back. So that's... That's interesting. Anyway, I've said a lot about it, so I'll hand over to Aaron, and Aaron can take you through some of the sort of early exchanges of this one. Yeah, so um, the, the early exchanges, we sort of obviously said, as Tom said, there's no middle objective, so it's like trying to push up onto the um, edges. Um, and I sort of got a bit lost in the first couple of turns on what to do yeah. with my 10-man brick, and it was a bit like it took me a while to get my head around what needed to be done on this. But yeah. the sort of ultimate opening salvos were... Um, uh, me putting a tank forward onto the bottom right objective and then shooting a couple of Tom's aberrants and then the aberrants charging the tank to take the objective 
etc then allowing me to then counter charge them with the uh, five man unit of custodes who yep. then wiped out the aberrants and then tom's drop turn comes down and then he goes after that unit that's out in the open because the other ones are all hidden basically mm -hmm. and it's a lot more difficult to get into them yeah um and then you also i mispositioned on my home objective yeah as well um and i'll let Tim talk about that but the bit on the sort of one of the key bits that sort of happened here was uh, on that drop turn that came down two units of um 20 near fights with the re-rolls on one of them with the um upgrade to the damage etc and then having to also use a reductive saboteur yeah. to uh all, with all their um bombs and everything ended up just to the wound wiping the squad of custodes and yeah, leaving the um took an enormous amount of effort yeah and left the uh, blade champion alive and that's the thing it, it yeah the blade champion also very much still standing that's with the minus one damage buff that custodes have which yeah. makes this massively swingy um but those yeah those in that instance that was not that was not quite what i was hoping i didn't want to have shiny Geralt still standing there the blade champion being there was no that's shiny Geralt as i call him was, was still still very much alive and kicking and i'd also dropped down and killed the caladius on that flank with demo charges um and in terms of the overall shape of the game this is clutch right the, the blade champion still being alive i'm not on the point because aaron is by this point aaron starts figuring out you know he's going to put the bodies all around the objective stop me dropping down onto them and he starts counter counterplaying very nicely um but the blade champion being alive is enormous because he's still holding that point for another turn and that's that's really bad for me in the position that i'm in to push him off on that side as aaron says he had let me in in the backfield he hadn't positioned he'd had all these exaction squads and his caladus caladus assassin in the back it is worth saying i'd set a lovely trap for the caladus assassin because aaron had deployed teleport homer round one and i'd set up a saboteur just across waiting with the bomb aura right over the bit you have to go into to plant the bomb but obviously we chatted about it and when, when me and aaron play we're talking through with each other all the time so there's not no one's yeah. like walking into anything they don't see coming but it was just sort of like yeah she can't do it she'll explode if she does um <laughs> although my bomb saboteurs were rolling ones for their bombs all event it's worth saying they rolled two ones into chris i think um and but actually then Aaron got a great advance on one of his other squads and because they've got assault guns and because Temp is poorly written, they could just run into the middle and do an action because they're still eligible to shoot, so they were able to get out of dodge. And, but yeah, yeah. The Caladus then ran to the back. This was the bit, the only bit of the game I'd say I'm proud of is this next bit because what happens is I drop one twenty brick in and through a feat of mathematics, I split fire across two exaction squads and the Caladus and pick up all three of them. Which <laughs> With That's one disgusting. year, to, 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 the wound. Wound. <laughs> yeah, to the wound, to the wound, because like, they've got a five up, feel no pain. It's peaky as hell with the with the masses involved and the defenses involved. It is so peaky, but we just about managed to literally dunk all of them in one go. Um, and I think what I'd done wrong there was I tried to save the assassin instead yes. of using it just to put on that extra point to stop yeah. you from being able to touch the objective. Completely, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You just you well, you did it right all the rest of the game. That was the only yeah. time all game that you were, you let me drop, and you actually learned and evolved to deal with the threat across the game. So I got a drop in the back there, and I then got some massive luck um, in in Aaron's next turn because Aaron then does the exact right thing now i'm hoping the way aaron plays the first half of this game he's coming forwards and he does as he said lost is the right word he looks like he doesn't know where he wants his big bricks to be mm. and i'm like that's where all my advantages are because i'm like i'll just take the backfield if he wants to come forwards i'll make it take a while for him to take my backfield take his 
and make the primary up because primary is where I'm getting killed on this mission because he's scoring it easier than me. But Aaron then does the exact right thing and just sacks off going forwards with his big brain and just goes, I'm going home. I'm going to go back. I'm going to stop you ever having that. I'm going to retake it. And he should do it a turn earlier, but he fails the charge to get up there even with a reroll, right? So I then draw, <laughs> capture enemy outpost, and, oh, and deploy. Uh, deploy teleport home. Oh, right? no, was it behind enemy lines? One of those. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm yeah. getting a ton of points because he hasn't made it up there to clear the unit and screen it out again. Um, and so I get a bunch of points there. So I definitely have a bit of luck in that instance. Um, and then I think the killer things at this stage is that I just, in the subsequent, you, you've sort of got to drop and redrop in this. And Aaron has used the Calidus the way you should, which is that he's vectored Return to Shadows, which is how GSC put the units back up in the sky. Now that the blips yeah. are restrictive, you can't string back to points. So it's very dangerous to put blips near objectives. So actually you're going to drop stuff back safety return to shadows with them and then they'll come in again and uh, so i did that but it's getting expensive i'm struggling to get my cp for my offensive strats because actually you can't kill custodies without two or three strats on gsc units they, uh, with bare bones they don't do it you need the additional buffs so i'm struggling to fund all of these different things to clear the remaining custodes and i make a bunch of wrong decisions in this turn i try and deal with the brick that's coming back the one that's got the captain in which I don't need to do. I need to just ignore that. Every game I've played with this, I've ignored it, and that's what I should do. And I, because Shiny Geralt is still alive, drop stuff on the other side and start clearing the brick on that side. I uh, out of reserves and got onto my back objective. They haven't taken five, but they drop in closer to Aaron on the other side, inside the walk objective in the subsequent turn, which, is, which gives Aaron the in to shut down a little bit more prime. No one can really touch anyone. It's like we've been hitting each other so hard that basically all we've got it's is like... Yeah. And then I had uh... really nice in this game because they just they just dominated yeah. it. I couldn't, and so I tried to clean it off, giving more points on no prisoners. The other thing, I mean, it's worth saying I've not really talked about it in this, but I've had a game, um, and in the acolytes, the Caladius manages to go on as I fail four saves, and that squad dies. I'd panicked uh... a bit, chucked a card, used the CP strat already, so that had gone. So it was oh, phenomenally it's... close. If the acolytes don't get run over by the Caladius, you win the game. I win by one point. Yeah. Yeah. At it one was, stage, yeah, depending on what, if I'd drawn Investigate Signals, which was still in there, it would have been a draw. Um, so it was. It, there were so many outcomes at the death there, and it was it was phenomenally close. Really, really Fantastic. hard game. Um, well played, gents. Really well played. Well, particularly to Aaron, because I think Aaron adapted to the mission and the circumstances across the game much better. He realised what he needed to do to stay in the game and keep getting his points, and I didn't realise how tight the primary situation was. And I, yeah. you know, you kind of always think you're you're on end of turn, you'll roll through, you'll get some more primary at the end somehow, one way or the other. And because of the way Aaron in position, and because of GSC's lack of ability to just get onto points without a lot of setup, I wasn't able to swing that to get additional primary at the mm -hmm. end to swing the game. Mm -hmm. And also because Aaron had gone back, had made the right decision and gone back and just locked up his home field, because there was so much more primary. If I if he just abandoned that, right, I was just going to get so much primary because he yeah. put the ten brick basically on that. And was like that's where they stay now. I never could get that additional point to make up the deficit that Aaron had built up early on. So he played it super, super well. I think, yeah, the big thing was, ultimately, if this wasn't vital ground, Tom wins by a landslide because I couldn't protect that middle objective. He drops down on it last time for cleanse, etc., etc. There's primary there, and that, that really made with, a big change. With these lists, yeah, I think I yeah. think probably in terms of the space, I think, yeah, the, this definitely, but I think also... Yeah, I think I say I think I think you played this particular mission really well, and I didn't adapt to what I needed to do for this one well enough. 
Um, and then we had a few great moments where, say, if, if Cassoli rolls some four ups and I roll low on Medici into GSC, they don't have a role in that other than taking yeah. it. It was a wonderful game. Um, and uh, a it typically. Drinks. So I thought I'd go yeah, get yeah. him a drink. And then I know Tom likes his uh, chocolate and sweets. So I'll just like <laughs> for you sort of thing in case you're a bit hungry. And he went, Are you trying to kill me? And I looked at So, yeah, it was, it was a fucking. So it was quite. Yeah. You know, quite a dramatic ending because it literally comes down to those. That's what you know. Yeah. We, if we get if we get the resources, we get then great. If we don't, we don't. Um, so yeah, it was a, a stunning end to the event, and I I fell down and was slain by by Aaron, as has happened to me many times. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure will happen to me many times again in the future as well. But he did give me a lovely cuddle afterwards. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to finish in the cuddle. Absolutely. So that puts that puts you, Tom, four and one. That puts Aaron yep. four and one. Chris, we're almost at an hour and a half now, so I want a yes-no answer. Did you win your last game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we're all four and one. So <laughs> whatever happens. Yeah. God, can we give him a little bit of extra? He wants to talk about his Necrons game. You've got, you've got a minute. Permission. So, Go on. I've played Necrons, and I've um, this mission, you get two for holding Yawn, and you get five points holding no man's land he's got 20 warriors he's got 10 lich guards and he's going to sit on those middle objectives he's going to win on primary yeah he has to go Easy. first move lich guard to one objective the necron warriors don't quite get to the other one i'm like right these lich guard they're not so tough they're gonna die i find my entire army into them and i kill four <laughs> um and i'm like ah oh, oh, this is a bit of a problem then oh shit. um so next turn i go right i'm gonna fire into these 20 necron warriors and the Wraith Knight basically one-shots them because um, I roll very well on my mortals. And as soon as I kill those um, warriors, that's game because I now have control of one of that, that side of the flank. He can't hide his Doomsday Arcs and my five prisms have managed to get in and plink off and kill the Doomsday Arcs, which means Incarn goes hello. And once, yeah, once turn two's done and that Necron Warrior Brick is dead, it's, that's game. Um, and it ended eighty-four fifty-two to me. Fantastic, excellent. That was that was literally a minute. Well played. Nicely done. Good win. I know a minute very well. Though. That's that's no. not an easy one for Chris and Navigate either. He did, he did that really well. I looked over at one stage and it looked terrifying. And I looked over and was like, Ali and Khan's very much in the naughty places where where, <laughs> where, where, where it shouldn't be. So every, everything is going fine. I think. I love that both those lists kind of want to do that to each other, right? He wants yeah. to put the transcend, transcendent Catan up in your defensive zones, and you want to put the Incarn up there, and it's just so much bullshit. Guys. So the transcendent Catan, um, when you advance it, it teleports nine inches yeah. away. It's amazing. Um, but that's an advance move. What is a nice going to do? It says no, 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 no advance. Uh, so so um, he so started it in. Um, he started it in deep strikes. He's worried about night spinner just blocking it down. Um, yeah. Olive says, what did the Warriors have in terms of characters? They had Oricon and a Lord. Yeah, I think that's right. And Is that the guy that does the one-turn super, super yeah, Saiyan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had a four-pin button, and then the two Crypticals for the Feel No Pain. The Lich Guard had just like everything under the sun. There was a Mancer in there. There was there was a Mice one to hit, Mice one to wound. Yeah, it was very layered. Right by the Reanimator. I was like, oh man, this is right, the Wraith Knight. Manticores for that, mate. Sort that right out. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's very unlikely the Wraith Knight picks up all twenty warriors. Really, I assume there was a lot more wounds in there, was there? Yeah, so I it, got it, three. It does. It does. Yeah. I because I was guided, and I'm getting plus eight shots. Um, so it's two d three plus eight shots, re-rolling hits. So they basically all hit it, and then I'm just looking for sixes out of my like ten, twelve shots, and I rolled two, 
and I was able to turn the third one into uh, another one into a six. So that's yeah. six d six mortal wounds, and I rolled twenty seven. Yeah, which is a lot for warriors. <laughs> even even the two. You don't even look ashamed. No. <laughs> After having failed miserably at killing the um, lich guard, I didn't feel bad at all. No. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Is so there anything the crons can do in that situation? Yeah, I mean, you can wait for a balanced data slate is one thing you can absolutely do. <laughs> um, but I think minus one to hit would definitely help. Um, yeah, but I think it's really... it's With the Wraith Knight, if it goes off on those sixes, there's just nothing in the game that can stand it, really. That's the thing. But the thing is, like, everything. It's sometimes, it's, sometimes it doesn't do it, is the thing. It won't. Yeah, always. exactly. And if I hadn't done it, immediately the reanimator starts bringing back a bunch of them. And yeah. I'm now... And then it starts regrowing them. And suddenly I'm back to where square one again. And actually, I can see on that particular mission, in some matchups, you literally cannot beat the Necrons. Because yeah. you I cannot think, yeah. kill the Lich Guard, even putting 2,000 points into them. You yeah. cannot kill the Necron Warriors. And it's like, well, you're just going to sit here and win on primary and score some of your cards. Yeah. Long, um, long, long term, Olive, I think Necrons can be optimistic about this matchup because if Eldar continue to get tuned down, Eldar are very dependent on Mortal Wounds and Necrons. Have, you know, they, Mortal Wounds was a real weakness for them last edition, right? That was a real, so a real weak spot. But now, feel no pains everywhere. So they are much better placed than many um, to soak up soak up damage and especially soak up mortal wound damage so there's you know they've, they've got some game and some play in this uh, but obviously they are at the moment um dealing with yeah dealing with one army that's a bit more jacked than them yeah brilliant excellent so we're all four and one gents we are <laughs> and i believe we're the only four and ones at the event one more there's one more there's one other so it now comes down to what was the what was the ranking strength of schedule strength, strength of, schedule of schedule followed by so points for the fact you all played each other and got four and one has only positively affected your strength of schedule so the poor boy who came fourth is probably really pissed off right now because all six plus pluses have just had plus offs and mm. massively increased their strength of schedule yeah so basically got a very comes down idea of us that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so drum roll please who came third me Third place, bronze medal. Well done, sir. Well done. First, first five games ever with Custodes. It's his first ever GT podium place as well. Fantastic. Freaking awesome. So well done. With a stunning army as well, painted very quickly. So uh, you're just <laughs> yeah. a consummate hobbyist now, Aaron. So yeah, yeah. we all bow down before you. So then we come down to can our glorious leader regain his top spot after humiliation at the hands of the GSC. There's a coup brewing. Can he see it off? So let's see. Another drum roll, please. Chris, did you win the event? I did. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is officially still our D leader. Yeah, exactly exactly that. Thank you to Aaron for taking those last couple of battle points off top. Stopping yeah, all those. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also because Chris, yeah, Chris has scored so high even in defeat in our game. You know, an 80, 80 something loss. Whereas this this last one, I I was much shorter and I hadn't scored quite yeah. as well across the event. So Chris was, I think, even if it was points, although it, yeah, we, if it was we, on we, points, I definitely. I think Chris wins straight up on points, and we don't know yeah. how strength of schedule works. But Chris had played a bunch of the top players in this at the event, um, and so yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So fantastic. Yeah. First, second, and third. Yeah. Congratulations, gentlemen. Well deserved, all of you. Well played. A, pod- podium, um, a plustium lockout. It was great. <laughs> a plustium lockout, and obviously, yeah. 
shout out to Franco and Paul for their strong performance yeah. to Peterborough as well. Um, so we are just over an hour and a half now. So did you want to do some questions, Tom? Should I hand back to you or do you want to call I'm, it there? I'm very happy to if people are, but equally we can call it. How are people feeling? Well, we could do like, um, I mean, there's a question in the chat and that sort of thing, but we can maybe save um, Discord questions for next yeah, week. Yeah, sure. So we'll, we'll, feed, we'll field questions in the chat now. So please do feel free to chuck some questions in. And obviously, if you want to wing us a cheeky super chat, you're always very welcome to do so. Um, let's start with this one then. Can you build an Eldar list that hangs but doesn't stomp? Yeah, so you take um, two Wraith Knights. <laughs> um, uh, no, so you absolutely can. Um, there is a lot of stuff in that book which is actually really rubbish. Okay, yeah. so Alan Banshee's, um, for example, Fair Utter Cat. Um, there, is, there are a variety of things which um, are reasonably strong, and I think you'll see once they get heavily nerfed. So, yeah. for example, the RTT up list I took, which had um, the Dar Avengers. So yeah. Dark Avengers and Azamun, that's like 270, 260 point blob, which is actually really strong, but it's yeah. not anywhere near as efficient as the other stuff that you're taking. Yeah. So you but can certainly Phoenix, Phoenix Lords are definitely a way to have fun Phoenix but Lords. actually be quite competitive because there's some quite nice combos with yeah. some of them. Not all of them, but some of them definitely. Yeah. And you know, like just just take a mix, you know, like yeah. the Scorp striking scorpions, um, swooping hawks. You're starting to see these really cheap things in other lists, but it's kind of how you combo it, Completely. I think. But um, there's just so much efficiency there in the book that um, it's always going to be quite strong. Yeah. Um, Harlequins, you take, I'm actually taking, um, going to be doing a battle report on Thursday with Alex. I'm going to take my Harlequins into his Death Watch, and we'll see how that goes. But Harlequins don't seem to be in a good place at all. So put any Harlequin stuff in your list, um, and that will probably be... Um, quite nice, but yeah, you just take a smattering of stuff. Yeah. Um, just don't, you know, carbo load on all the big stuff. And yeah. you, I think, you know, I think you in, should... in terms of player experience, like the the, the genuinely the, the only truly negative experience with that index that has been the, one of the mainstays is that combination of very heavy mortal wound spill with with fate dice, right? So if you if you're not running D cannons or a wraith knight. There's not that many places for that to even happen, right? Those are the two worst defenders, I think. Fire prisons are annoying, but they are still a gun tank that does gun tank things, right? It's not it's not the complete end of the world in that sense. So I think if you if you're looking to build a list that's good but not like obnoxious, those combinations are their are their most powerful and most obnoxious ones. So if you stay away from that, you'll be just fine and you can have plenty of fun with it. I suppose it also I guess it comes down to what what you're using the list for. If you go into an event and you want to win, take all the filth. If it's to play your mate on a weeknight and have a bit of fun and have a balanced game, then yeah, just exactly. leave that aside and take. Exactly there's that. lots of stuff there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like my RTT list, and I could certainly, you know, I had Fugan, um, and I had the Dire Avengers. It was a good list. It was an right? Yeah, it had like it had some. Yeah, exactly. It had some good stuff. But if I take away like you know, if I only run one Fire Prism, one of the stuff, and then I have like some Striking Scorpions. Yeah. I've got Karandras in there. Um, you know, you can go Falcon and Fire Dragons, yep. and just try all that stuff, which probably will end up seeing, you know, Wind Riders. Yep. I'm sure yep. a big blob of Wind Riders they'll hang, but they're just not as point sufficient as some other stuff. The Avatar's yeah. in that nice spot where it's like it's actually genuinely good, but again, it is just a big, smashy guy who goes and stands in a place, so he's pretty straightforward. I don't think he's ever gonna, you know, he's, he's epic to have on the table. I think you can use him without feeling. Like you're, yep. you're doing anyone a disservice, and he's not especially janky. He's just a very tough, killy dude that stands on a point. So you know, I think he's awesome as well. 
Um, we've got another question here, actually, which I'm going to level to you, Chris. Excellent episode, gents. Thank you, Olive. Um, a DLC, dear leader, Chris, on index Necrons would be nice at some point. Well, it's funny you should say that, Olive, because I was nagging Chris only the other day that, to share some of his wisdoms by putting out an index index or two of his own, because he's been so busy editing ours, but he's on holiday now. And obviously, oh, Necron, yeah. Necrons being one of Chris's longtime armies, maybe that's something that he could, um, he could have a look at. I do. I, it's, it's just been interesting, because obviously a lot of the guys have done their indexes. I have put all of my attention and focus into the Eldar. So yeah. I feel like I know that index and all of the units like the back of my hand, but I haven't focused as much on this stuff. So for example, um, at someone Tom knows his request, we're going to be doing a how to incarn yeah. um, um, thing, which I wrote a script for um, today and I'm going to record tomorrow. So much uh, stuff you can do with it. So good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I've got like got some really good stuff in that video, which I think will be really helpful for anyone who plays the Incarn or was going to play against Incarn and needs to like sort of know what to look for. But yeah, it is on my, it's definitely on my to do list. And I feel like now that I've played, now I've played into the Necrons. Yeah. It's a cool um, Necrons. I've like, got really now, cool. I've got an understanding a bit more. So I'll feel a bit more qualified to talk about because I've seen it on the tabletop. Um, but yeah, as Tom says, it's a really cool book, and I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I think they're going to have my. I suspect Necrons will have a very strong end of the year. That would be my guess. I think we'll be seeing a lot more of them once once things shift a little bit and once their book arrives as well. But we'll see. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I think we're done for questions. Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in. Really lovely. Can't believe how chatty everyone was tonight. It was brilliant. Loads of hobby stuff going on. Thanks for listening to us talk through. Um, a, a distinctly unbang average weekend from us. Uh, actually, a rare, a rare foray into the, the top spots, uh, which we did very much enjoy. And hopefully, we'll be back up there again. <laughs> hopefully, we'll be back in, up there in again six years in the time. future. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly, I feel, I, I'm, I'm not going to be, not going to be fully at rest until I redeem myself in a later round um, <laughs> event. So I'm going to need to get out there again at some point. Uh, but yeah, we've been six or plus. We'll be back again soon. We have our very uh, a 50th anniversary, sort of 50th week anniversary of the show coming out. That is next week. So we will be recording on here to celebrate 50 episodes of that 6 plus 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 podcast. And we have a ton of announcements planned because we're rolling out a bunch of new content. We're rolling out a bunch of new um, features and elements to our Discord, to the service that we provide for you guys. And we're also going to have some giveaways and some prizes and some silly games as well. So please do join us for that one. It's going to be a little bit mad um, and a little bit daft uh, as only we can be. <laughs> 